Hi, and welcome back to the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. If you're new here, I'm Jillian, and I am a nutrition coach whose main goal is to show you that you can trust yourself and your body when it comes to food. And I do this through one-on-one and group coaching. And before I hop in with this week's episode, I wanted to do something new. I wanted to share some client feedback and let me know if this is something that you want me to do regularly. Um, I think it's really cool to get to share the amazing things that my clients say. So I hope that you feel the same way. So here, this is from a client named Megan. And she says, in the beginning, I was worried about spending money on a coach, but after working with Jillian, I feel so much more confident and knowledgeable about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I thought that spending money on a personal coach was selfish and I should have been putting it towards other things. But working with Jillian helped me realize that being healthy is not just about the food you eat and the amount of exercise you do. It's about establishing realistic daily routines and habits. So yay. And I want to just let you know that if you are not, or not let you know, I wanted to ask you politely. Thank you, please. If you are not already, please go ahead and hit subscribe or follow on the podcast player of your choice. And I saw that some of you have already left me a rating on Spotify. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you haven't left me a rating, please do that. You can do it on Apple podcasts as well. If that's where you're listening to your pod. So let's jump in today. I realized I was just talking very quickly. So I'm going to speak more slowly. So if you slowed down your podcast player, you can then speed it up again. If you're like me, I listen to all of mine on 1.25 speed. So today we are going to talk about a topic that used to cause me and so many of my clients a ton of stress. And this has to do with mindful eating, specifically mindful eating in social settings. And so if you've listened to episode 11 of the Bite Size Nutrition podcast, you will have already learned about hunger. You've already learned about mindful eating. And so if you haven't listened to that podcast, if this maybe is the first podcast you're listening of mine, That is a great podcast to go back to and listen to. And I also have a couple mindful eating resources that you can definitely find, especially if you're signed up for my newsletter. So we are going to talk about today how to apply mindful eating habits to social events, vacation time, and any other occasion in which you're sort of out of your normal eating setting, or you might be enjoying meals with others. And if you are listening to this in real time, we are on the cusp of summer. It is the end of May, 2022. And you are probably already noticing an uptick in social events. Maybe you're heading out for drinks with friends more often. Maybe you have more barbecues or pool days. And so this means more meals and snacks outside of the home, more meals and snacks shared with others. It's more time out of the house, less meals that you have full of control over, maybe you're preparing for a vacation. And this can be a source of joy, connection, appreciation, but it can also cause nervousness, stress, anxiety. And especially if you're currently at a place where you don't fully trust yourself in your eating habits, you might be really worried about what these social events mean for, you know, how you eat or drink or ultimately how that affects your body or your health. And so I know what this is like because when you're living in a place of control with food in your body, the social connection part of events that include food or drink feel a lot less joyous. And it means because instead of being inside of the experience of the event, your mental energy is really focused on food and your body. And so for me, 
This meant that I actually really dreaded social occasions. When I was stuck in this place of control, these social occasions meant that I either didn't eat and just lied and was like, oh, I ate already, or I brought a Tupperware with me like a crazy person, or I would just go nuts on whatever food was around. And I would end up overeating. I would end up feeling terrible physically and also really guilty mentally. And because I lacked trust in myself to listen to my internal cues, and I didn't fully embrace the concept of unconditional permission to eat yet, these events did not lead me to feeling more connected to those around me and fulfilled by the experience of the event. And a big mindset shift for me and my clients has been to focus on the experience of being with others over the experience of eating or drinking at a social event. And I want you to think about this. Why are you going out to eat with friends? Even if it's to try a new restaurant, it's to try a new restaurant with the people that you're going with. It wouldn't be as enjoyable without them. Why do you love going to barbecues or out for drinks with your friends? Is it because of the food that's there or is it because of the whole experience? And honestly, I can say that for me as an introverted, sorry, an extroverted introvert, people meet me and they're like, you're not an introvert. And I'm like, oh, trust me. <laughs> My social battery is, it gets drained very quickly. And so I struggle in social situations sometimes. I also get kind of anxious and self-conscious. And so it used to be so much easier for me to just focus on the food or focus on my body or put thoughts into other people's heads about what they were thinking of me instead of really moving into the discomfort and the stress and embracing that part of like connecting with others and being with others, especially when the people at the different social events weren't part of my close circle. And so for me, What's helped so much to shift the focus away from food and my body in these situations is really getting curious about the people around me, asking tons of questions and really listening to what they have to say. But that is an entirely different podcast. So if you want to hear more about that, let me know. But I know that there's also a ton of women and also I know there's some amazing men that listen to this podcast as well. So I know there's a ton of women who love to travel, who listen to this podcast. And I want to let you know that mindful eating when traveling is essentially like a flavor enhancer for the experience of eating. When I used to travel, I would use my love for food as an excuse to eat way past the point of satisfaction because in my head, I was like, well, I got to get it in now because I'm not going to be able to eat that food again. So I have to eat more of it because that's going to make me enjoy it more, right? And that's just not true, but it can feel that way until you have this experience. So bear with me here. And something that my clients often notice as they start their practice of eating mindfully is that eating more food doesn't derive more satisfaction from the meal or the food itself. It's really about being present to what they're eating and being in the moment. They notice the flavors, the textures, the smells, and the overall experience. And so think of this process as quality over quantity for how you eat. I'm going to briefly define mindful eating for you and give it some context for these situations. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the mindset and actionable tip side of how I put or how you can put this in practice in your social life. So as I said before, for a deeper dive on mindful eating, check out episode 11, which is linked in the show notes. And I talk a lot more about hunger in that episode. So I will reference things here like hunger and fullness cues. And if you're like, uh, I don't really get that, go back and listen to that episode and it will give you a deeper understanding. So 
basically mindful eating is presence around the act of eating without judgment. I specifically chose the word around because I want to make it clear that mindful eating is not simply being present in the moment that food is right in front of you. It means that you are also present to your hunger, your preferences, your overall patterns, and your thoughts around food. So this means that mindful eating might include how you plan out meals for the week or how you schedule meal breaks in your calendar. It might look like doing mindset prep or decision-making before an event to help you be more mindful and present when you're actually there. And if that sounds like a lot for you to take on, you're like, there's so many aspects to this. Don't worry. Like any skill, it is not something that you just snap your fingers, you listen to one podcast, and all of a sudden you're a pro at it. It is a big part of how I coach my clients, and it is one of the main components of the Confident Eater curriculum. So if you're curious about the the Confident Eater, you may have heard me mention it on Instagram. You may have heard me mention it on a podcast. So keep listening. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to share a little bit more about TCE and how it's literally a life-changing experience when it comes to your mindful eating practice, your mindset around food and your self-confidence. But even if you don't choose to do coaching with me at any point in time, you are going to take away so much from this episode. So I want to be really clear on what mindless, what mindless eating looks like in practice as well, because it's really helpful to know what some warning signs are to look out for when you're in the process of becoming more mindful, because we know that we can't change what we're not aware of. So as we become more aware of our mindless eating habits, we can use them to become more mindful. So a mindless eater's mind is not in the present moment when they eat. That can often manifest as fast eating, but not always. You can definitely be a slow, mindless eater. For example, if I decide to eat lunch in front of my computer, it might take me a really long time to actually finish the meal, but I've been not paying attention to what I'm eating for literally any of it. So that sentence made no sense in English. Essentially what I'm saying is I can take a really long time to finish a meal, but if I'm doing something else while I'm eating the meal, none of my attention is actually on the meal itself. And so mindless eaters will often eat while they're doing something else. So watching TV, scrolling on their phones, even working, they struggle to notice their internal hunger cues. And often mindless eaters will really struggle to stop eating when they're satisfied. Mindless eaters often end up putting food in their mouths without thinking about it or like picking up a piece of bread from the bread basket when they go out to eat out of habit rather than out of hunger or with some intention behind it. And so as I'm doing this, I'm realizing maybe I should do an entire podcast on mindless eating and what mindless eating looks like. So can you, if you're one of the amazing people that gives me feedback, which I appreciate that so much please shoot me a message and let me know like, Hey, I'd love to hear more about mindless eating and what that looks like. And I will do a podcast on it. Let's say you're ready to stop more mindless eating habits and become a more mindful social eater. And you want to know, well, what needs to happen? So first I want to talk about the mindset side, because in any of the things that I work on with clients, there's always going to be like, how do I think about this? And then what do I do? Right. And so basically, what do you need to believe about yourself or about food to be mindful in a social setting? First, you need to believe that you do not need to save up for a social event, 
This is like save up calories, save up carbs, whatever it is you're saving up as far as food, you don't need to do that. And this is because no matter how disciplined you are, if you are heading into a social event, starving or deprived, mindful eating is really, really difficult. This means that going into social events physically nourished, but also with a mindset of abundance is really, really helpful. So here's an example. If you only allow yourself to eat chips or enjoy cake at a social event, that food may feel really scarce to you. It feels like it's important to get as much of it in as you can during the window within which that food is allowed. However, if you practice an abundance mindset with food, if you practice unconditional permission to eat, you can reassure yourself that it is not the last time you'll get to eat those foods or drink those drinks because it will be true, because you will be able to make choices about when you eat cake or when you eat chips, and you'll be able to trust yourself to do that. So it will no longer feel so urgent to get it all in in the moment. This will help you feel so much calmer and be able to think a lot more clearly when you're in these situations. Another really important belief is the belief that food and drink is not the component that is going to make or break whatever experience you are in. And so here's an example from traveling, because I think this comes up a lot. Let's say you're traveling in Italy. And if you believe that eating as much pizza or making sure that you eat gelato every single day is a component of a successful, fulfilling trip, eating mindfully is going to feel like it goes against your beliefs. So here's a reframe for a situation like this, whether it's a trip to Italy or a dinner at a delicious restaurant. What if eating as much as you could was not the goal, but in getting as much enjoyment out of each bite was? And so if you eat mindfully, you'll notice that the first bite is pretty much always the best bite. So one that you notice the most flavors, you notice the most difference in textures and tastes, and it's just, it's amazing. And as you continue to eat, you will notice as you pay attention that this, the exact same feeling or sensation of that first bite isn't there. It may be really good, but it's not going to be the same. So you might notice, let's say you're eating pizza, you might notice that you have a couple of slices and you're like, well, you know, it, it tasted good. I'm also feeling physically satisfied so I can leave it, right? I've gotten the enjoyment out of it. Or you might notice that some gelato just isn't as good as other gelato places. So you can have a couple of bites or share one with whoever you're with and be like, okay, cool. I get to move on with my life. You might also notice that even though you ordered something at a restaurant that sounds absolutely delicious on the menu, it's not absolutely as delicious as you expected. So maybe you try it, you enjoy it, and you move on with your life. And that brings me to the third mindset shift. And they're doing, they're doing a ton of construction outside of my apartment. So hopefully you can't hear the like drill bits and things. I've closed myself in as much as possible, but if you can hear it, I apologize. So third mindset shift here. And that is that looking for joy and connection in the experience rather than in the food is going to just overall increase how much you get out of these experiences. And an important belief change is that the social events may revolve around food. Like it may be an event literally that is like a, you know, a food event, but the experience of the social event does not have to revolve around food. So theoretically, you could eat or drink many of the things that you can get at a social event or at a dinner on your own. 
yeah, it might take a little bit more effort. Like maybe you would need to get a specific recipe or you need to go to a specific place. But in theory, you could probably get your hands on most of that stuff at times outside of the social experiences. And so food is a part of the experience, but is not the experience. And as I mentioned before, this mindset shift was huge for me because I used to go into social events, thinking about the snacks I got to eat or the dessert I would order. And because I, I lacked confidence on the social side and I wasn't really investing in the, in the social experience, I would distract myself by eating. And so I could go on and on with these topics. You know that I can just keep talking forever, but I'm not going to because you have a life to live and you don't need to be listening to my voice all day long. But I want to talk about actionable tips because I want you to walk away from this being like, okay, cool. I know what to do now. And so before I do that, I want to mention that if you're not signed up to see, receive my weekly emails, you're missing out because in those weekly emails, I provide cheat sheets, PDFs, guided exercises that help you put the actionable tips from my podcast episodes into practice. So yeah, that's a list you want to be on. You can find that link in the show notes, or you can head to bitesize.ck.page slash newsletter, and you just enter your email in there. And let's get to the actionable tips part. So actionable tips for eating more mindfully at social events. And so as I mentioned earlier, part of mindful eating is being aware of what your patterns are. So if you notice that your pattern is to struggle to make decisions in the moment, or you tend to be quite impulsive, or you find it really hard to slow down and think when you're in a social setting, it can be really helpful to move into social experience, so, social experiences, experiments, settings, social settings with an intention of how you would like to interact with food or interact with others at the event. So for example, you might set a guideline for yourself around how many drinks you'll have, or you might decide you know, when during the event you're going to set a moment to check in with how you're feeling, check in with your hunger levels. Often with clients, we'll work on something called future pacing, which essentially looks like mentally walking through what you might expect from an experience and deciding ahead of time how you'll respond. And I want to keep in mind that this is not about setting rules. It's about offering yourself helpful guidelines so that you can be present in the moment. Another tip is if you're going to eat with others, you're probably going to notice that you end up eating while you're talking or picking at something while you're drinking, you know, combining different things. And so there might be a situation in which you're talking, you're listening, you're drinking, and you're eating all at the same time. And all of it jumbles together and you don't actually fully pay attention to any of them. And so this is really similar if you've been practicing the mindful eating practice of eating without distractions on your own. In social settings, I want you to try doing one thing at a time. And so that means if you're eating, do your best to eat. And that doesn't mean like I eat my plate and then I talk to people, like maybe you take a bite and then you go back to your conversation. Or maybe you sit down, you eat, and then you go back into the, into the social experience. Maybe if this is during a dinner, maybe what you'll do is you just won't talk for a few seconds. You'll actually notice the flavors and textures of what you're eating. Then you'll go back to the conversation. So if you're eating, eat. If you're listening, listen. And if you're talking, talk. And here in Spain, this, and I think this is becoming more popular around the world as well, especially in Europe and, and the U.S., 
is that, you know, here in Spain, we often have tapas, which are shared plates. And so that means a lot of meals, especially, you know, out in restaurants, often mean that you're sort of like fighting for your portion and you end up eating way more than planned and way more quickly than planned. And so something that can be really helpful here is to ask for a side plate if none are offered. If there is a side plate on the table, take that and put your portion on your plate. And this means that your portion is your portion. Nobody's going to steal it from you. And you can eat that as slowly or as quickly as you like. And it also helps you connect more visually with how much and what you've eaten, which can help you really connect with those fullness levels and those satisfaction levels. And so I've got two more actionable tips here. And I, I have so many of these for these situations, but I don't want to overcomplicate because you might want to listen to this podcast like three times. But the last two actionable tips are to put the mindful pause into action. So let yourself stop, check in, and then decide how to continue. So you can use conversation or the space between courses if you're eating out at, eating a meal out at a restaurant to give yourself time for a mindful pause and a self-check-in. This means maybe like checking in with your hunger levels, checking in with what you're actually looking forward to, gauging what percent full you are, especially if there's more courses coming. And I'll talk about that in a second. I want to make a note that drinking alcohol can make it a bit more difficult to be mindful of hunger and fullness. But if you've taken a moment to set intentions ahead of time, and also if you've not shown up starving or deprived to the social event, that can make it a little bit easier to be mindful, even if there is alcohol involved. And if you want, if you, you want a little bit more information about alcohol and mindful alcohol drinking, that sounded weird. Uh, anyways, mindful drinking. I'm going to link a podcast from the Be Well Cartel in the show notes that is incredibly helpful when it comes to understanding what that can look like for you. And the last actionable tip here is to remind yourself that it is okay to not finish everything, even if it's on your plate. It's okay to not try everything and that taking things to go in many situations is totally fine. If you are coming from a place of abundance, like we talked earlier in the mindset, you'll be able to reduce this sense or eliminate this sense of, oh my gosh, I have to finish this all because tomorrow it's back to the plan or because tomorrow I won't be able to have it or because, you know, I'm breaking the rules and I got to get back to the rules or whatever it is. And so here's an example of what this can look like in practice. And so I recently went to a Michelin-starred restaurant, 16-course meal, absolutely delightful food, and showed up really, really hungry, which was not my intention, but I was with other people and through various circumstances, that's what happened. And as you can imagine, you know, 16-course meal, courses were not large, but it was a lot of food. And so what I did was in between each course, I used that pause to check in with my belly, notice how full I was becoming. And then as I began each course, I allowed myself to, to taste, smell, notice the textures of the food. And then actually I got to be mindful about whether I actually wanted to finish the course or not finish the course. Part of that was the mindfulness of knowing like, Hey, this is a lot of food and I'm going to feel really terrible if I eat all of it. And also the mindfulness of being like, well, Hey, this is tasty, 
But you know what? I had a bite or two and I got the taste and that's really all I need. And it was an absolutely delicious meal. And I definitely feel like I took advantage of the experience. I don't feel like I missed out on, you know, getting my money's worth or whatever it was. I did not pay for this meal, but you know what I mean? And I did, it was interesting because I did get some interesting comments from the people I was with that were like, wow, why are you not finishing this? And the way that I responded was, well, you know, I I tried it. It was tasty, but I just really don't want any more of this particular one. I know we have more food coming. And it was interesting because I noticed how the other individuals at the table would just sort of finish it because it was in front of them, because that portion looked small. And everyone, I finished quite full, but everyone else, I think, probably may have been a bit more uncomfortable than I was afterwards. But I really enjoyed it. I truly savored what I what I really wanted to about the meal. And then I was able to leave some food on my plate for the portions that I really didn't need to finish. And I'm going to leave you with this. Social events do not need to be a detour or a deterrent from whatever plan or whatever goals you have. They are a part of your life. That I hope you heard me say that in like caps lock. Because no matter what your nutrition, body composition, or health goals are, I hope that social events continue to be a part of your life and that you can enjoy them in a way that feels really good for you. I know what it's like to feel out of control at a social event. I know what it's like to feel super guilty afterwards. And when you don't trust yourself around food or when you swing from one extreme to the next, It's really hard to fully enjoy these events without feeling like they're moving you away from your goals. And I will tell you from years of experience that having support in this process and also being really aware of how all of this fits in with your core values is really, really important. And that's because so many of us try to be an island. We try to do stuff on our own. We feel like we're all alone and we also don't have the the self-assuredness of being like, hey, this fits in with my values and here's how. And that's a way to really build confidence in yourself and your decisions. And so having support and understanding your core values and knowing how to move in that direction is a driving force behind the development of the Confident Eater Group program that I mentioned earlier. And the goal of this program is to take you from that self-doubt and from that worry and from that inconsistency to being the woman that has the tools, the education, the mindset that you need to feel confident in food situations, whether it's a social event or whether it's just like a regular busy week. And the goal of this program and the tools that you're going to learn are to help you stop the struggle with food and help you become a mindful, confident and consistent eater, even when life is not consistent, because we know that that is the norm, right? And so through this program, you're going to develop your own balanced eating framework and figure out how that fits into your life and your goals. You're going to implement mindful eating habits. You're going to learn how to manage your brain when it defaults to black and white or all or nothing thinking. And basically, if I'm going to kind of nail this down, The the confident eater is about changing your default mode so that you're not putting in so much freaking effort all the time and still not able to trust yourself to feel like you're moving in the right direction. And so I want to leave you with another little kind of testimonial or or piece of feedback from one of my clients. Um, Her name's Patricia. And she said that the way I eat and think about food totally changed. 
I'm happier eating now. I have so much less guilt, more awareness and more accountability. After years of restrictive diets, I was eating six meals a day to lose weight. I was following so many different myths about what is okay and what isn't okay with food. And I had so many years where I felt so guilty. And now my energy levels are so much better. I've lost some weight and I learned to love different foods and different flavors that I didn't even know existed. And I'm finally friends with cooking. I loved this type of coaching because I could throw all of the diet myths in the trash. Jillian taught me what and how much to eat and it changed me forever. Sometimes I like, so I am not a crier. Lately, I've been more of a crier and sometimes I kind of like, yeah, anyways, uh, about that. So if you've listened to this and you're like, okay, cool. I'm curious about the confident eater. I think this could potentially help me. You can check out a little bit more um, by shooting me a message on, on Instagram at bite size nutri. Just send me the word confident and I will chat with you about that. Or you can go to bitesize.ck.page slash confident eater and you can actually join the wait list, which is going to kind of lock in a lower price for you. And it's also going to make sure that you're one of the first ones that find out about this course, because I have a very strong feeling that this, the, especially this first round is going to sell out very quickly. So with that, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you've already sent me feedback or left a rating or review, thank you so much. Even if you haven't, thank you so much anyways, because you're here and you're listening and I will see you again next time.